I had a question. What are your superpowers? And I asked this question because because I, I believe human beings really do have superpowers. And not even just like theoretically and conceptually. I mean, literally. These things that we see in the movies, I think, are very much real. They're not as exaggerated as they are in the X-Men movie. You know what I'm saying? But like, think about Professor X. I'm not a big X-Men fan. I've watched, I think I watched like two movies last week. Think about Professor X. His power, from what I understand, is his ability to get into your mind and rework things, right? Could be a negative thing. But in real life, is that not the same thing that I do or that human beings do when we're having this conversation? When you're here watching this live and I'm speaking, am I, am I, am my words, are my words not going into your mind and reworking things, putting perspective, changing your perspective on something, helping you look at something in a different light? Is it not the same power? I just don't have to sit here like I'm in your mind, Jacob, you know, but like, but this is the effect. This is the power. It's real. You know what I'm saying? So how much more all the other powers that we see people freaking shape-shifting and all types of crazy stuff crazy stuff i think that we've just been living in an environment um that forces us to limit ourselves and feel bad about ourselves for so long i mean generations to a point where now we truly believe that the things that make us who we are the things that empower us and give us superpowers the things that we're supposed to bring to the world are negative things you know what i'm saying and when people start expressing these things, the same the same systems, the same environment, I should say, that has caused us to view our um, superpowers as negative traits, cause us to look at people who are walking in their powers and say, yo, you're crazy. Yo, you're doing too much. You know what I'm saying? That's the power of conditioning, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm curious to know, like, what do you guys like? Do you ever feel like you have superpowers that you don't know about? And if you thought at all about this, like when you just even in this moment, think about it. What do you think your superpowers would be are? <sighs> oh, I also think love. One of my biggest superpowers is love because love has the ability to literally change perspective and reality. Love, trust. I see myself, for instance, like the fact that I can see the world through love. Like, we're all living on this planet, but there are some people living in so much darkness. And I don't mean evil. I mean, like, literally, for them, their life is only negative things. Every day they get up and it's just negative shit happening, 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 happening. Everything they look around them, like, the sky isn't vibrant. You know what I'm saying? There's no hope for the future. You know what I'm saying? Like, this for me is what love has transformed and what love continues to transform when I find myself in that dark place. It's love that literally brings a light back to life. Maybe you'll understand more if we call it like, if we look at it this way, you know, the feeling when you're in love, when you're in love with a person and it's like the whole world comes back to life. Like everything, like everything. It's like you you feel like you're in a movie, right? But you're still on the same planet you're still the same person that you were a week ago when you were depressed, right? But love, 
nothing changed except love is now in your heart it's in your perspective you feel love you're expressing love your love is being reassured and suddenly the whole world comes alive you want to go on hikes you want to go on trails you want to go on dates you want to go try food you know what i'm saying you want to dress better you want to take better care of yourself you want to eat better like your whole reality changes because of love and that's just one facet. That's just romantic love. Imagine then if we were to surround ourselves more consistently with love, with people who make us feel loved. So much so that within our own minds, our own minds would begin to be built on the foundation of love. Every thought that we have would be rooted in love. Every perspective that we see life through would be rooted in love. Imagine, bro. Imagine the reality that we will be living in. Imagine the, actually won't even have to imagine. You know the reality I'm talking about. You know it exists because you've experienced it. And you experience it every time you feel immersed in love. And whenever reality is not pretty, it's when you're away from love or when you don't feel loved. Or on the opposite end, when you feel hated. You know what I'm saying? So love in itself is a power. Love is what allows people to see a clearer picture of life. Um, there's a scripture that's coming to mind um, or a concept in the Bible, not the exact scripture, but the whole concept of like the, a veil being over our eyes and how God can open your eyes. And like for me, I started to realize like God is only ever a perspective shift away, you know, like whenever I don't feel close to God, it's not that God is not close to me. It's that my perspective is blinding me from seeing what is already around me. You know, it's it's my own doubt or my own guilt or my own shame that is causing me is withholding me from the reality that already exists around me. Right. Even even within God, beyond God, like the blessings, the things that you're praying for, you already have them. Everything you want in your life, you already have it. It's now you. Do you truly believe that like you are worthy of these things? Do you truly believe? Can you really see them? Do you really feel them? Or are you trying to get to something, but in your mind, there's still so much doubt and fear and whatever negative thing is in there that's withholding you from it. I don't want to digress, but yeah, love, I think, is another superpower. But yeah, what do you what are your superpowers? Tell me. Let's talk about it. Because I don't I, I really believe that human beings, we have superpowers out here. And I think we're in a time where we're beginning to realize them. I think the world is shifting and I think people are becoming more in tune with themselves. People are healing from their traumas um, and their childhoods. People are coming back to a more holistic picture of who they are. It goes back to something I said years ago when I asked, who were you before the world told you who you were? I think people are in a time now through the power of God, because his spirit is moving, where we are coming back to who we were before all these things that we picked up. If you had not been influenced um, by all the things that conditioned you to think and see the world in a certain way, how would you think and what would you be capable of? I've become very intuitive and just in tuned. Wow, that's that in itself is a superpower I know and something I'd like to nurture within myself because intuition and the ability to discern and trust like is very powerful because how many things have we missed out on because we second guessed ourselves? How many times have you had a thought 
to say something or do something, but then you overthought it and you were like, mm, maybe I shouldn't. And then something happens right after that shows you that that's exactly what you should have said. Or like what happens to me, I will be in a, in a I'll be talking with my friends or something and somebody will say something and I'll have the perfect joke. I, I mean like the perfect joke. If the whole room would be laughing if I said this, and then I'd be like, nah, it's not going to be funny or nah, they wouldn't get it. And then I keep quiet. Then somebody else says my joke, but it's not even as good as I would have said it when they say my joke and everybody's laughing. Now I'm sitting there mad because I doubted myself. That's intuition, right? Or lack of intuition, like the ability to actually trust your intuition and trust yourself and do the things that come to your mind without second guessing them or be able to discern like, yo, this is what my heart is calling me towards and I'm going to follow it, even though what's in front of me appear makes it seem as though this would be the wrong decision. You know what I'm saying? The ability to trust your heart will lead you so far so far it will lead you to so many more connections with people when your heart tells you yo let's talk to that person or let's say this thing it will break down so many intangible barriers when you share something that you second guess sharing but you share it and then that actually opens up the room for somebody else to feel comfortable sharing something now you guys are connected even more you know what i'm saying like the intuit like it's so many ways that intuition can literally just lift up your life but so many of us me it's me i'm so many of us so many of us miles carter uh so often doubt our intuition or we don't even know which voice is our is our intuition there's so many voices going on we don't know which voice is the one that should that we should listen to what i'm learning when it comes to intuition because i guess for me in my language, in my jargon, I would say intuition is like the voice of God for me or the voice of my being, the voice of my spirit. Um, it always speaks in love. It only ever speaks in love. It's not about what it says. It's about how it's said. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I should know when my intuition is speaking because my intuition never rushes me. My intuition never tries to push me or, or make me feel like I have only this amount of time to do it. My, my intuition never makes me feel scared or afraid. You know what I mean? I may feel nervous to do the thing, but the voice that is moving me to do it is never, the vo- is never one that makes me feel scared. It's always one that's just simple. Just like, yo, try this. And it's never like, yo, do this. It's like, yo, try this. Why not? You know what I'm saying? Just a real, like, like a chill older brother. You know what I'm saying? Say, like, yo, bro, like, just try this. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's never an aggressive voice. So I'm, I'm working on discerning. Because it's the same with the voice of God. Like, so many, so many times I've, like, mistaken my own trauma for the voice of God. Or I should say I've interpreted the voice of God through my own trauma. Because I was so used to speaking to myself or being spoken to in a negative way that I believed that when I heard this, this, this internal dialogue that was negative, that it could really be God. This comes up a lot, especially with like guilt and shame. You do something that you know you shouldn't have done or you didn't want to do. And now there's this voice condemning you. And because it's saying the right thing, because what it's saying is true, you believe it's God and you allow that voice to then ruin your whole day make you feel bad about yourself, make you feel down, you're walking around with your head low now and justifying it because you believe you deserve this. You know what I'm saying? But the voice of God, like literally, literally never speaks outside of love. 
So if you hear a voice in your head, even if what the voice is saying is right, even if you are being lazy or you're procrastinating and that voice is like, yo, why are you so lazy? Why are you procrastinating? It's right. I'm being lazy right now. I'm not being disciplined right now, but that's not God speaking because God, how can I say it? In my experience, when God speaks to me, I can't speak for how he speaks to anybody else. But to me, God never tells me anything I don't already understand. Because what God will do is before he even says anything, he will create circumstances in my life that will bring me to a certain perspective so that when he speaks, I'll already know like, yeah, 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 you're right. So he doesn't have to like force me or condemn me. He just has to bring up what I already know in love. And I'll be like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You know what I'm saying? And he also speaks an encouragement. God, when he wants to get you to do something, he doesn't need to like make you afraid. And he doesn't need to scare you into doing it. He actually encourages you to do it, right? So for me, I don't know about anybody else. For me, that's how God deals with me. Like God knows the way my mind works. He knows that I have to understand something before I can fully apply myself to something. I'm not the kind of person you can just tell, yo, go do this. I'm gonna be like, why? And not why is in a defiant why, but why? Like I wanna understand what, like the process, what will this benefit? Like, how will this affect me? How will this affect other people? Help me understand. And then I'll be able to commit myself to it. I wish I had friends that like to talk like this. Me too. (laughs) I'm in the same boat, bro. You see how, like, I'll be talking like this on live. I have maybe, like, I have a couple friends that, like, I could, in real life, like, I could really, I can be, because to me, this on live is one of my favorite aspects of myself to explore like i feel like i always get off I'm, I'm always on live feeling so like present i'm not overthinking my mind my, i'm literally just here and i'm not like trying to sound smart i'm not like regurgitating some information like i'm literally speaking off the top of my head you know what i'm saying because i'm present and i'm here and this is what i love to be most this is where i love to be most not on live but in this headspace where I'm just me, I'm just present. I'm not trying to be anything. I'm just who I am, you know? And it's not always easy to find people where you can feel not only comfortable, but encouraged to just be who you are, regardless of what you're feeling. Like you don't have to show up as the same person every day. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can just show up as who I am and have that be accepted and received and loved and encouraged. It's not always easy to find friends like that. I maybe I could count on my hands how many friends I have that uh, that make me feel that way. So I feel you like (laughs) I feel you. But it's all good, bro, because like, you know, we're all connecting. I feel like we have to first go through things to figure out who we are, what we like and what we don't like so that when what we like shows up, we can identify it. And we won't abuse it and we won't hurt it. And when what we don't like shows up, we can discern it and be like, "Mm, it's not for me. But you I feel like I've had to first go through the experiences of not having to appreciate when I do have, you know, what I mean, enough to not hurt it. And one of my biggest issues I was thinking about this morning is that I think God has to be very. He has to be very gradual at times with my blessings because I'm still healing. I'm honestly still healing from a lot of things to where sometimes when good things happen to me, I'll do this things. I'll do this thing where I'll self-sabotage myself because still within myself, 
a part of me sometimes doesn't believe that I'm deserving of those things. You know what I mean? I don't know what it is. I still got to figure it out. But I, I see myself self-sabotage good things that come to me. You know what I mean? Um, like, it'll come and I'll be happy and I'll be in it for like a day or two sometimes. But then something will happen, some inconvenience or something that makes me feel bad or something that shifts my mood. And I'll so quickly run to a self-destructive habit and rip that good thing from myself. And so in that way, I, I feel as though God is firstly helping me heal, helping me heal my heart, helping me heal my perspective on myself, on the world, helping me heal my traumas so that when he brings about more blessings, I won't take them from myself, but I'll actually be open and clear enough to receive it and enjoy it and share it. You know what I mean? So I realize that God is sometimes gradual with my blessings for that reason, because I got to heal. I got to I got to heal. Yeah. It's like a kid, you know, like if if well, actually, I don't have an analogy. There's an analogy, but I'd have to I'd have to figure it out while I'm talking. And I don't feel like doing that right now. <laughs> yo, Angela was good. Hey, yo, I've been seeing some stuff you've been doing. Like, I don't know the full context, but I've been seeing some posts you've been making. I'm, I'm just really proud of you. I'm very proud of you because I remember when I was in Tanzania, there was this time when you were just in a really just just difficult time. You know what I'm saying? And like everything was just falling apart. You know what I mean? What happened with your phone happened with your family? Like everything was falling apart. And I remember like you still had this trust that things were going to work out. You just didn't you didn't like that you had to go through what you were going through to get to where you knew that you would eventually end up. And I want to tell you, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for the fact that you stuck through. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of God for giving you the strength, but I'm happy to see now, like the things that you've been sharing, the, the rooms that you've been in, you know, the, the, the ways that you've been expressing yourself. It's like I I see the version of yourself that you knew that you'd be when you were in that dark place. And I'm very I'm very proud of you and I'm happy you stuck around. That's why I think good people go through hard things because you have the strength to. You have the strength to go through the same thing that is destroying somebody else and show how you can still maintain a level of trust and a hopeful perspective in the midst of it. Like I made this analogy a while back. I think God is like a like a fisherman, you know, like imagine a fisherman on a boat and he's throwing out his bait. Right. And sometimes he throws and it's a little throw. He just throws it out just a little bit just on the top of the water. And he grabs a couple fish, you know what I'm saying? And that's cool. But then sometimes he throws that heavy one that goes deep in the depths, that goes way down into the darkness. And it meets the people down there who thought there was no hope. And he sends you because he knows the strength that you have. And he sends you to those depths of depression. And or I should say, he allows you to reach those depths of depression because he's built in you the trust to know that his hand is there with you. The other people who are in those depths don't have the relationship with him that you do. You know what I'm saying? So for them, the depths is all they know and they're hopeless and lost in it. But when you go down there and you meet them where they are and they see your character, they see your love, they see your trust, they see even while you're going through it, just the, the, your character, it inspires them. It inspires them so that when God pulls you back up, which he always does because he'll never let you go. When he pulls you back up, he pulls them up with you because of the light that you've shown to them in going to those depths. 
You know what I mean? So that's why I think good people go through hard things. Because one, they have the strength and because two of the people that they're meant to reach at those depths. And I think it's, I think it's necessary. You know what I mean? I think it's, it's so necessary because there's a lot of people in this world who literally have no hope. And having no hope is probably one of the one of the darkest things a person can go through. When a person has no hope, then they have nothing to live for. And if a person has nothing to live for, then existence becomes excruciating. And that's a very difficult place to be. That's a very hard place to be. That's when people start hurting themselves and hurting people because they have nothing to live for. They have no joy. They have no love. They have no hope. So what happens then when that person sees another person going through the same thing that they're going through or something very similar or somebody who's been through what they've been through and shared art about it? You know what I'm saying? And they're like, damn, bro, like you just put a light at the end of my tunnel. For me, this is hope, right? Hope is not you. Hope is not a motivational speaker, not a generic motivational speaker. It's not you just telling me, pick your head up, bro. Just just keep going, bro. Hope is understanding. Hope is when I know that you know what I'm experiencing by experience. So you have the authority to speak to what I'm experiencing because you felt it. You know what I'm saying? I don't want you speaking to me, bro, if you haven't felt what I felt. I don't want you singing praises and giving sermons if you're not in the depths with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to know that you know what I'm feeling from experience so that I can believe you. I can't believe you if you've never... I can't believe you telling me I can pick my head up if you've never felt like you wanted to kill yourself. If you've never felt trapped in your own mind. You know what I'm saying? But if I know that you felt that and now I see you like living in a clearer state, that's what makes me believe that I can get there too because you've been where I am. You know what I'm saying? That's real hope. That's real, real. That's why Jesus had to really be down here with his people. You know what I'm saying? That's why Jesus had to really experience what his people were experiencing. Jesus couldn't just be, oh, I'm, I'm God and I'm just above everything and I'm here to save you. No, Jesus had to be here. He had to experience depression. He had to experience abandonment. He had to experience fake friends and rejection and betrayal. He had to experience these things that kill our souls to be able to save us from those things, to be able to speak to those things so that we could believe those words. You see what I'm saying? Like this is real love. This is real, real love. Real, real love is when you really go through some shit and now you can speak love into those situations. You hear what I'm saying? I guess the key is learning to get over your trauma responses so they don't overshadow your intuitive prompts. Wow, I'm going to screenshot that because I've never heard that and it makes so much sense. The key is to get over my trauma responses so they don't overshadow my intuitive prompts. So trust your intuition, please. Trust yourself. I was talking to my friend about this the other day. Yesterday, last night, actually. We were talking about how often, like, in spiritual or for believers believers are so often are so familiar with trusting god but what we don't discuss as often is trusting ourselves i've experienced this in really christian spaces a lot everything was like trust god trust god trust god but no one ever talks about the importance in trusting you in trusting yourself in trusting the god that works in you Because what does it say? I can do all things through Christ who empowers me. I, me, can do all things 
through Christ who empowers who? Me. So there's a part for me to play. It's not just God, I trust you to do this and I'm just going to sit here and wait for it to be done. Right? I was telling her, my friend tells me like when you pray for fire, God is going to give you um, sticks and matches. He's not going to send a fire. He's going to give you sticks and matches and then he's going to give you encouragement and reassurance that you are capable of making that fire with the tools that he's provided. And if you're like me, who deals with a lot of self-doubt, you know that he's going to reassure you time and time and time again because you're going to continually doubt yourself. But he's going to encourage you because if God were to just do everything for you, number one, life would be boring. I'm sure he'd be bored because he wouldn't be able to see people experience like like the joy of persistence when you got knocked down and you got back up building your endurance having you yourself having true desire for things like you would not be able to fully appreciate anything if it was just given to you you only appreciate things when you played a part in sacrificing something or hurting in some way or not hurting but like in having to endure to get it and having to put effort to get it that's what makes you able to actually enjoy the thing that you get that's why rich kids or the, the the typical rich kids you see them and they're unhappy right the ones we see in movies at least conceptually because they're just given something they have been robbed of the joy of enjoying something because they were robbed of the experience of enduring to get that thing you know what i'm saying so a part of that endurance is also for me self-trust like i have to trust in my i have to learn to trust in my own capability so that i can have the confidence to go pursue something so that when i achieve it and i get it yes i'm grateful to god but i'm also grateful to me and i'm grateful to god for the power that he put in me to empower me to achieve that thing right there's two sides of trust it's not just i trust god i trust god trust yourself and it's not that's not going against god it's literally he made you capable of doing these things you know what i'm saying he made you to experience life he didn't make you to just just sit here and just you know what i mean he made you to go experience some shit you know what i'm saying to go do something to go to go live you know what i mean to go get it for yourself Knowing that every step you take, he's going to be right beside you to bless you and protect you. But you have to step. Stop doubting yourself. You got to step, even if you don't know if it's the right decision. Yo, perfect analogy. Perfect analogy. I'm driving the other day, bro. I'm driving the other day. And I hate to say it, but a little kitten ran out in the road. And when the little kitten ran out, I'm seeing this kitten like he saw me. But then he started like back and forth, back and forth in the same spot right and i'm like bro if you would just make a decision to either go left or go right you will not you would not get hit or if you would even just stay where you are the car would go over because i know the car is high enough that he wouldn't get hit but what got him hit it's his hesitation it's his doubt it's him going back and forth back and forth not actually making a decision that actually got him hit because he actually ran into where the tire was if he had just committed to one or the other or just stayed where he was, he would have been completely fine. How often is that us, right? We're so caught between, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I'm, I'm too afraid to go here. I'm too afraid of what might happen. That you end up just getting hit. That taught me that when you're in a position like that, 
when you don't know what to do, you have one of two options. You either commit to one of those decisions wholeheartedly and pursue it, even if you're uncertain, or you stay exactly where you are and don't move at all. Those are the two options when you're caught in anxious thinking and you don't know which way to go. Either just commit to one of them, bro. Because if you commit to one of the, one of the two options, only one of two things can, can happen. Either you're going to make a decision and it's going to be the right decision. And you're going to be like, damn, bro, I'm so glad I made that decision. Or you're going to make the quote unquote wrong decision and then you're going to learn from it. And it's not going to kill you because what? God is still behind you. He's not going to make you make a decision. Or even if you make a bad decision, he's not going to allow the decision to kill you. He's going to turn that decision into something that benefits you because what? All things work together for those who are called by, you know, you know the scripture. So either way, the, the, the choice then isn't right between right or wrong. It's just right or left. What are you, what are you going to do? Right or left, bro? Just, just pick one. Just pick one, bro. And see how life will reassure that decision. See how life will reassure you. Because my father always tells me, you have to make a step for God to bless it. After you pray, you have to make a step. Make a decision. Do something. Don't just pray and be like, all right, I'm looking around. You know what I'm saying? Make a step and let God bless it. Because life will always manifest itself around your decisions for your good. Damn, that was good. I'm going to have to go back and... Listen to that for myself, if I do say so myself. That one was a, that one was a good one. <laughs> um, I, Oprah says she learned not only to be fueled by her belief in God, but by his belief in her. Hey, facts, bro. For real, actually. For real, actually. By God's belief in me. I think Chance said that too. I know that God, I know that we believe in God and know that he believe in us. Yeah, bro. God really be believing in us, bro. Like, yo, you could do it. That's why he that's why he always speaks with so much love and reassurance. That's why he never condemns because he's like, bro, like I know that you can do this. I'm not here to make you feel bad about what you're not doing. I'm here to remind you what you can do. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, that is so fire. And that's literally the way he's raised me, bro. Because I see it now. I'm at my parents' house right now, right? Um and my little brother, you know, he's like, yesterday was his birthday, actually. He turned nine. And so I go up to his room because uh, I was sleeping in his bed last night. And I go to lay down on the pillow and I see the little game console, his little uh, switch underneath it. Now, I know that he knows that when he goes to his room at night, he's not supposed to be on that game. And I know that it's under the pillow because he's hiding it so that. When he goes to his room and closes his door, he can pull it out and play it and, know, and think thinks nobody knows. Right now, he's up there thinking nobody knows about his, his super secret hiding place for his game, right? <laughs> um, and normally, I would, like, take the game out and I would, like, call him and, like, sit him down and be like, Eli, why are you doing this? You know what I'm saying? Like, why are you hiding the game? And da 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 Why are you lying to us? da 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 But last night, I was like, you know what, bro? I'm going to just take it out and put it on the floor because I got to sleep on the pillow. I need to sleep comfortably. But I'm not going to call him up and lecture him and condemn him. I'm just going to keep loving him. I'm not even going to bring it up. I'm going to just keep being a loving big brother when he wakes up. I'm gonna, you know, like we're going to eat together and talk and hang. I'm going to just keep loving him. Because whatever is causing him to feel like 
first of all, it's a natural process of growing up. You're going to try to find ways around things. But like I'm realizing my job isn't to make him feel bad for doing a wrong thing because we all do wrong things. We're just figuring this out. My job isn't to make him feel bad, but rather my job is to be a consistent reminder that he's loved. You know what I'm saying? So that that love will empower him to want to do the right thing, not for me, but for himself. That love will empower him to say, yo, I don't want to. I'm not a deceitful person. I'm not a person who lies. I'm not. a. That's not who I am. I'm, I'm when you're filled with love, you don't even think about those things. You just when you're filled with love, you only want to exude more love. So my job here isn't to lecture him and make him feel bad. It's just to love him more so that he will love himself into doing the things that are love in and of themselves. Does that make sense? And that's, I think, I learned that literally because that's how God deals with me. God never, any time I've ever thought God was condemning me, it was actually me condemning myself, but I believed it to be God because the things that I was saying were true, right? But again, it's not about what is being said. It's about how it's being said. And God only ever speaks in love. So that's my that's my goal. That's what I want to get to. I want to get to a place where I'm only ever speaking in love and not love in a way that like I'm soft and I let people walk over me, but love in a way that I'm consistent. That I can I want God's level of wisdom to where it's like I won't even let the negative things phase me and cause me to detract from the love that I have in my heart, that I can still exude love even when I'm like hurt. I want to still be able to see love enough to be love to that situation. You know what I'm saying? So this was a good like example for me. And I felt very proud in that moment of myself because I was like, yeah, bro. Like, you know, man, a couple months ago, you would have called him up here. But look at you. You know what I'm saying? Deciding to love him instead of condemning him. That's dope. That's dope. Shout out me and shout out God for being a good dad. (laughs) Good big brother.